Hello, brothers and sisters, and welcome back to an all-new podcast-exclusive episode of Sermons in the Park. As always, I am your Reverend Jamie McCaskill. Um, Now, as I promised, here are the two, well, this will be the first ever Christmas podcast. Um, It's the first, uh, I promised you two, so this will be the first one. So, Let's, for this first one, let's start off with just something that fits right in with our, if you want to use the term, investigative <laughs> research. All right. So let's ask some questions. Let's ask, was Mary really a virgin when she gave birth to Jesus? On top of that, let's also ask, was she impregnated by a man or was it through some supernatural miracle? And while we're at it, let's also ask this. Why does it even matter that the the Messiah arrived through a virgin? Now, let me first state that Jesus being born from a virgin is fundamental. It is uh, a central doctrine in being a true Christian. Now, why do I say that? Well, because without it, Jesus would have just been a a normal man, wouldn't he? Uh, just some normal man who was born of Mary and not the Son of God. And you might go, so? Just think about that. If Jesus were anything short of God in the flesh, what did his death even mean? Because... He would not have been able to atone for our sins when he died. Not only that, but let's say that Jesus was the son of Joseph and Mary. Or or even, as I've heard a couple of um, historical History Channel documentaries say, um, Mary and a Roman soldier. Well... If that was true, that would make the entire New Testament a lie. And that is why the belief that Jesus was born of a virgin is critical. Okay? Um, it, 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 this is the unique miracle that testifies to Jesus' Jesus's true divine origins. Now, here's the thing. Up until the 19th century, the virgin birth was accepted by most, if not all, of Christians without any hesitation. So, you might be asking, what changed? Well, you know how I feel if you've been listening to me long enough about the rise in these churches that are calling themselves liberal Christians. In the 19th century, we saw the rise of their theology. They started to challenge the miracles of the Bible. And and with that, they even challenged Jesus' divinity. These liberals, they, they tried to reinterpret Jesus as being nothing more than just a wise man. A good teacher, sure. All of that. And they would have they would even agree 
that he died in the first century. But they deny Jesus' divinity. Now, what they were doing was they were trying to cast doubt on the accuracy of the Bible in the miracles, okay? Now, I don't think that they realize what they're doing. You know, when you strip away everything that makes Jesus Jesus, you know, that makes him our Savior, they, they, they think they're doing a good thing, but they're not. Because, you see, they're more worried about how they feel, what they feel. That's why I think the term liberal fits them, right? Because if we you look at the liberals in the world today, they're, they're all about how they feel. You can't say that because it hurts me. You can't do that because it hurts me. You need to affirm this about me because it makes me feel good. But, anyway... They're casting, they're, like I said, they're trying to cast doubt on the accuracy of the Bible and the miracles. That also includes Jesus' divine birth, his virgin birth. Now, we know that the, the, the miraculous conception and the birth of Jesus was predicted in only one verse. And that verse is Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 turn with it turn to turn there and look at it with me it says therefore the lord himself shall give you a sign behold a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name emmanuel why am i pointing this verse out to you that's because this verse right here is the one that they focus their attack on. When you look at that word, the one here that is translated to virgin, when you look at it in the Hebrew language, it's a word called Alma. There have been many, many, many of these liberals, liberal theologians, for lack of a better word for them, <laughs> that... They, they try to argue, or I should say suggest, that what, what um, Isaiah meant here was, must have been this other word, right? Because they're trying to say that it just, it does, that this word does not mean young, chaste woman. So they're, they're trying to say that uh, Isaiah, should, if this is what Isaiah meant, right? If, if Isaiah meant a young, chaste woman, he would have used the word Bethula. But I'm going to tell you something here, and I'm going to point out some stuff to you. But the truth is that Alma is the word that he used, and it's the best one that he could have used. He could not have chosen any other word to tell us that she was a virgin. No, because let me tell you something. Nowhere else in the Old Testament do we see that word Alma needing to be clarified before it's translated to mean a young female of marriable age. 
But that word, Bethula, it does. And I'm going to show you. Turn to Genesis chapter 24, verse 16. I want you to read with me here. Because this one here is the word Bethula. It says, And the damsel was very fair to look upon, a virgin, neither had any man known her, and she went down to the well and filled her pitcher and came up. Do you see that? Do you see how it's clarified here? But that Hebrew word Alma is used six other times in the Old Testament. In every case, that word is used. It's talking about a virgin or a maid who is of the age where she could be married and give birth to a child. But no, no, no. This is not the case for Bethula, which could also be used for a married woman, a married female. Take a look. Let's look. Joel chapter 1 verse 8. What do we see? Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. Mary was a virgin. Mary was betrothed to Joseph. During this time, she became pregnant with our Lord Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's read some verses. Let's look at Matthew chapter 1 verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And then in Luke chapter 1 verse 31 we see, And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And just a few verses later, in verses 34 and 35, Then Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? Shall I know not a man? And the angel answered her, the Holy Ghost shall come unto thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And then the Lord, of course, sent an angel to Joseph to let him know, hey, that Mary's pregnant, but that it was not by some man, but it was a miracle of God, right? We see this in Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. It says, But while, while he thought of these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call him Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins." And then we, of course, see Matthew, right? He, he quotes Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. That's right. He says, Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be 
shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us okay that, that if you want to go look at that that's Matthew chapter 1 verses 22 and 23 we see the Greek word for virgin used here this word is Parthenos and it, we see it used 11 other times in the New Testament besides uh, Matthew 1.23 and Luke 1.27. Every time this word is translated as virgin, you know, well, I should say every time this word is translated, it's translated as either virgin or a plural of virgin. Every time it refers to a person who is chaste, physically or spiritually. We see, let's take a look. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 2. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. We also see it used in Revelation chapter 14, verse 4. These are they which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. Now, <clears throat> one of the most anticipated moments in human history was the birth of Jesus through Mary. People lived in Jerusalem. They they knew, right, that the promised Messiah was near. Take a look. Luke chapter 2, verse 38. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. The Parthian Magi were watching for him. They were watching for the manifestation of the King of Kings. They were rejoicing when they were led to the to him miraculously. Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we seen his star in the east and are coming to worship him. But it doesn't stop there. Even the religious leaders at the temple were waiting on the Messiah to come. They knew that he would be born in Bethlehem. We see this in Matthew chapter 2, verses 4, 5, and 6. It says, And when he was gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For of them where Christ shall be born. For thus it is written by the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, art not the least among the princes of, Jude of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. The birth of the one called Emmanuel, which means God among us. Through the Virgin Mary, 
began the eternal glorious plan to redeem us from our sins and to offer us a way to everlasting life. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? So I want to thank you all for joining me here. Um, I don't know if you're up here in Ohio like um, like I am. I know a few of you uh, are, of course. Um, uh, right now, you know, we have this uh, winter storm brewing. Uh, I can actually, while I'm recording this, I hear the wind blowing. It's currently 26 degrees outside um, because this is, it's 1.30 when I'm recording this. Um, I want to ask, you know, I'm going to be praying for all of you. Be safe out there, guys. Don't, you know, don't, don't get yourself into any wrecks or anything like that. Uh, just, uh, you know, keep your faith in God that this will blow over and we'll all be okay. Um, but I want to just, you know, give you that as that word. And tomorrow we'll be doing another uh, I'll be recording another one. Um, well, I guess that would be Friday night for me, which would be going to your Saturday morning. Uh, I'll be recording one um, on the, well, I'm going to leave it to a surprise for you. But I want to thank you all for joining me here. I pray the Lord continues to bless and keep each and every one of you. And uh, God bless you and I love each and every one of you. Oh, thank you.